welcome to the Hogwag Dairy Spew Christmas Edition. And today we have with us Tom. Hey, Phil. We have Charles. Yo. We have Elvin. Hello. And we have Tay. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so we have a very fun-filled episode planned for you guys today. We'll start with some market updates and uh, we're going to do a little bit of a debrief of what has happened in 2021, memorable events, logistic heartaches perhaps then we'll go into a kind of like a crystal ball for 2022 yeah and also we have a special quiz for the four of them we have some contributions from colleagues and uh, they've kindly given us some mensa level questions to test um, tom charles tay and elvin's dairy knowledge and let's see which team will um, emerge victorious Okay, guys, very quickly, what do you think of the market? What has happened from the last podcast till now? Are we still seeing customers waiting out the big move in the S&P prices? Yeah, well, uh, same, same, no different. Um, supply is still very tight, uh, especially the European market is really tight. Uh, New Zealand, uh, more or less same story. Milk production figures are quite negative. Um, yeah, and, and have the feeling that quite some customers... Um, are short-term covered, still need to step in, uh, trying to postpone, delayed, and pray as much as possible and hope for better prices. Um, but yeah, from a personal perspective, I don't see that happening in the upcoming, let's say, months. I think the only um, big thing that happened in the past few weeks is a quick rise in European prices, such that it closed the gap with New Zealand prices. So last GDT, I think, was a bit disappointing. But I think this makes sense because I think in Southeast Asia and China, demand hasn't been spectacular. But in the past two weeks, ooh, a lot of business in the Middle East. And, you know, that's what we've been seeing, I think, the whole year, right? So when one region drops off, another picks up. And now what we're hearing is that Algeria is back in the market. So let's see how it plays out in the next month or so. So for most of my customers, um, I think it's similar to the rest of the buyers out there. The price is very high and uh, most of them are waiting as long as they can before making any purchase. But the thing is, um, supply side isn't easing that much. Um, the price is high and we believe that the price can be higher. So um, let's see. Yeah, and one interesting observation that I see is that compared to three weeks ago, I think now buyers have seen very insane price hikes they do acknowledge that there, would, there could potentially be more upside from here. Just that at the very current level, it's just so hard and almost impossible for them to make the call to book forward. I think this could potentially be a, a, a jumping board for prices to, to go up even higher. And, and the scary part of it is that the prices moved up that fast and that high, even though that both China and most of Southeast Asia were absent. Chinese uh, local market prices are way below uh, global prices. Uh, Southeast Asia uh, has been stepping in a little bit, uh, but not to the extent that we all expected. think that there's something to do with, uh, with the fact that we are trying to open up borders and to open up the countries here in Southeast Asia, uh, but don't manage to do so with all the travel restrictions and everything. So yeah, once again, prices moved up that fast, that high without Southeast Asia and without China. Um, yeah, and that's that's for me quite a scary part and, uh, and emphasizing how tight supply is. 
I heard that last week uh, a lot of the action were taken by multinationals. So I had a very interesting thought. This year, people are not buying dairy because it's over the budget, right? So now it's end of 2021. I'm a purchaser. I need to budget for 2022. What do I put for dairy prices? Let's say skim milk powder. 4300 right? Price is now 39 something. Shouldn't I buy as much as possible now if I'm a dairy purchaser of a multinational? That's what I would do, right? Yeah, but also depends, you see. Like some of my buyers have already done their budget like probably September and right. they're in a situation whereby every single purchase now is uh, you need like special well, approval. Yeah, yeah, like special, special approval. Not just, so it's very hard for them to book forward. But what I've noticed is recently customers who can buy forward are starting to be more open with US origins. It's December now. If I need something to arrive Q2, April, May, that gives you know, the logistics enough time to deal with my my shipment. Interesting for us because US origin has been pretty quiet for quite some time um, due to the logistics issues they've been facing. But I do think that we should see some good, healthy activity coming out from the States. The interesting thing about Q2 is that in Europe, there is, um, we spoke about it like the last uh, episode, uh, backwardation right in the market. So if you want to buy Q2, there is a discount. If you compare that with U.S. prices today, it's kind of similar. I think most of the buyers today are not really looking at Q2. I mean, of course, there are buyers who have different policies, but I think I do believe that at least in Southeast Asia, a lot of people are buying hand-to-mouth because of the reasons we mentioned. So April May is when the milk supply is going to come on board from Europe and also from U.S. If there is any opportunity for prices to take let's say, a correction and a, a big one, and um, let's say a change in the fundamentals, it probably will be in April, May, right? So, Yeah, you know, for the past few months, I think it's without a doubt that, you know, you listeners, you, 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 you know that we have been bullish most of the times throughout this year. I think the question to, to everyone is, do you think at the current rate of increase in our buyers' words, insane prices, do you think that it's very overheated? Fair question, uh, and I think the answer is no, it's not overheated. Uh, and that has purely, once again, 100% uh, correlation with the fact that supply is that tight. If there's no supply, we have been asking the question to the purchasers uh, within our company as well. And we told them, look guys, we have the Christmas holidays, uh, most of the world will be closed, Mexico will be closed, most of Europe will be closed, Southeast Asia will take a break. What will be happening? Will we be seeing more offers? and more availability if we're not selling for, let's say, two, three, four weeks. And none of the buyers were convinced that even without um, activity in the upcoming, let's say, two, three, four weeks, that availability would increase on the short term. So I think that's justifying the the increase in uh, in, in prices. And uh, and as what, what Charles mentioned, yeah, it most probably from a supply perspective won't be recovering or won't be improving till, let's say, April, May. So, guys, I mean, 2021 has been interesting, to say the least. I think a lot of us expected to start traveling, to celebrate Christmas overseas and... Uh, you know, to be partying the streets, going to watch concerts in Southeast Asia, but that's not happened. So it's been a very, very weird year, I would say. 
Can we share, um, each of you share one highlight that is dairy related and one highlight, you know, from your personal life of 2021? We start with Tay. <laughs> All right. Dairy market wise, I think one event that, that shook me the most, it's the strong recovery from China. Just that for them to buy at a higher pace compared to pre-COVID, that is very shocking for me. Person, Personal-wise, okay, I'm going to put a ring on my finger next week. So, <laughs> it will be a life-changing yeah! year. For me, this year, dairy-related, the biggest takeaway is to always look at fundamental. Like when all else fails, look at fundamental because everything else is just noise. So, for example, this year, we've got a lot of events happening. Uh, I think the main one is, is Delta, right? I would consider it noise because yeah, even though it affects the demand, but in the end, if you look if you look at the the basic fundamental demand and supply, the supply is just not enough to to cover to cater to all the demands. And what happens when this uh when this comes, the price will go up, and this is what is happening and is still happening now. So, I think it's very important to to look at the fundamentals if you don't know what else to see. And for personal life, um, two zero two one. The biggest thing which happened to my life is actually to move from Dubai to Singapore to Hong Kong. So this, this is the biggest decision I made. I will not say in my life, but at least in two zero two one. Yeah. So yeah, happy to be here and Merry Christmas. How about you? In dairy, I think the biggest thing that happened this year is just a, a, a very macro perspective. Uh, when I first joined, it was during the times of intervention. <laughs> so uh, you can imagine the prices of skim milk powder were, you know, 2000 2100 And every day we're just trying to talk to our buyers and try to get business done with bids, right? Um, and I remember one day, my one of my colleagues told me, he said, Charles, I... I I hope one day you get to experience uh, a market that's bullish because that's when your phones can't uh, stop ringing off the hook and um, you need to give uh, very short validities for your offers. <laughs> and uh, I think this year I kind of experienced that firsthand. We saw at the start of the year with COVID, um, that happened. Um, uh, before COVID, I mean, that happened. And then now it's pretty much exactly the same where there's just not enough supply. Um, but I think one thing I'm very proud of is that we don't, do you know that kind of um, short validities and then stuff to our buyers? We just value relationships, and it's 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 been it's been a ride. Um, I'm happy to have experienced both sides of things. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, non dairy. The biggest thing that happened to me this year is um, I bought a house. So. <laughs> So, yep, um, I'm in debt, guys. Uh, need to keep working. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Charlie. Yeah, let's start with uh, with my personal highlight. Uh, of course, I can't say anything different than my personal hat trick. Uh, 26th of July, Bus Stevens. New legend has been born and uh, en enjoying all the sleepless nights. Uh, it has been pretty tough in the last uh, couple of months, but he's such a nice little boy and uh, the family is complete. <laughs> and uh, yeah, referring to dairy, geez, it's, it has been, um, for me, it's like, I, I don't think it's a highlight, but more um, remarkable how extremely difficult it is for buyers to make a proper planning uh, under these circumstances. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 
here in Southeast Asia, uh, we've been coping with COVID pretty well, uh, let's say the most of 2020 and early 2021. And then it really kicked in. Uh, Vietnam is, an, uh, is, is one of the most extreme examples, of course. Uh, the country has been in lockdown for quite a while. Still, Ho Chi Minh still in kind of a lockdown uh, and extremely difficult for, buy- for buyers to make, uh, to make proper decisions. Um, so yeah, that's that's for me. It's it's not a highlight, but a very remarkable uh, one for 2021. Over to you, Val. Thanks, Tom. So for me, I mean, I don't think in my personal life I hit that those highs that you guys have, like getting married, buying a house, having a kid. Um, I did achieve one of my bucket lists. I started CrossFit. So, so that's a that's a that's a plus for me. Superwoman. <laughs> and uh, but for for dairy, I think one of the most memorable one um, incident I would say would be the ever given. How can a vessel be wedged in between the Suez Canal? What was interesting was that it kind of kickstarted a whole host of logistics nightmares, uh, shipment problems uh, for a lot of buyers in this region coming from the US and. Uh, you know, delays as well coming from Europe. So it's been an interesting year. Like Tom Tom said, it's very hard for purchasers to even forecast simply because sometimes they don't know when their products would arrive. But I felt that this really brought us a lot closer to our customers. You know, we are not just there for a quote. We're not just there to give you a sharp price. We're also there to solve problems together. And I felt that it, it helped cement relationships with our buyers and uh, yeah, when we're not in it just for a quick price, we're in it for the long haul. And I, th- <clears throat> I think um, this year, obviously, past two years, we just haven't been traveling a lot to our buyers, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that we've still been able to, you know, uh, transact together and do business together, I think, is really a testament to both um, the buyers and us. And and it just to me, it really underscores the importance of um, just having that partnership mentality, a good relationship. Crystal Ball was thinking of having everyone point out one big issue you think would be highlighted in 2022. Maybe highlight one issue that you think would be a main event through your Crystal Balls. And then we'll we'll check in again this time next year and see. Shall we start with Tay again? All right, maybe I combine the macros and dairy together. Yeah, so one thing I... I'm closely monitoring. It's the resurgence in economy for Southeast Asia. Southeast Asian demand now is not fantastic at the moment, but I think potentially it could be in, in, the, in the coming year because don't forget that before COVID, Southeast Asia has the highest growth rate out of all the regions. So assuming that now, even with the new Omicron variant, we can safely still conclude that economies are slowly very maybe very slowly recover. So Southeast Asia is something to keep a close eye on. Especially now, we start to see that buyers are starting to buy volumes that are quite normal and then they have generally very low stocks now. For me, I would say, um, look at China. Okay, so um, we see this year, at around like Q3, Q4, we see there's a big slowdown in China when they recover. It may not be anytime soon, but my take is that uh, by next year, probably Q3 or Q4, China will rise again. And once their demand come back, it will definitely impact the market. So imagine what it can do to the price. 
So I think that is something we should watch out. Yeah, I'm going to combine both the macro and dairy as well. Today, the price of uh, skim milk powder, a metric ton of skim milk powder is more expensive than one Ethereum. My prediction is that next year, uh, the price of Ethereum will beat uh, the price of skim milk powder. And on that note, I think um, uh, I do think this year we will not really see dairy go back to the prices of the past. I think just the equilibrium prices for dairy has gone up. So I think we'll get used to seeing you know prices above 3500 and even more compared to the let's say the five years prior where we saw prices between 2000 to 3000 so that's my prediction yeah also a macro and a dairy combination um, the green revolution I'm, I'm very curious with all the economical headwind whether um, we still will be focusing so much on the green revolution in the dairy industry uh, but also uh, uh, elsewhere uh, truly hope so, um, but I'm also fearing a little bit that due to the uh, economical headwind that it will be more difficult to purely keep focusing on the green revolution. We see it with commodity prices, we see it with uh, with uh, fuel, with uh, fertilizers, with gas, everything is exploding. Um, so hopefully that green revolution still will be a very hot topic in a positive way in 2022 um, and won't be slowing down. With the COP26... I'm still hopeful that, you know, somehow sustainability would still stay as a priority for a lot of our buyers. I mean, for the, for the good of the earth, I, I do hope that this doesn't fizzle off because, as, as Tom did mention, it is indeed a trade-off, you know, to get something cheap. But at the same time, getting something sustainable might not always be going hand in hand yeah, or economically feasible. But yes, have faith and still hoping that 2022 will see some progress in this, um, in this aspect for the good of the earth. Okay, guys, I need you guys to split yourselves into teams of two and come up with a team name. Because we're going to have a quiz and uh, the winning team will have bragging rights and probably get a free coffee from the, the losers. Okay, so I will be the game master. I will be, I will be asking a series of questions that have been contributed to us by our colleagues at Hogwacht. And uh, let's see who has the most powerful dairy knowledge. We're not the red devils, we're the dairy devils. Hey and Tom, the Dairy Devils, and then um, Lesmana. We are the Singapore, Singapore, <laughs> Singapore dairy farmers. The only milk that comes out of Singapore is from us too. Yeah! <laughs> that sounded a little bit too suggestive. <laughs> okay, okay. So we have questions contributed by John Bowman from TSS from Hogwarts International. QAs are 14. Yeah, let's see. Okay, question number one. Protein in milk consists of two types of protein. Casein, necessary for making cheese, and then soluble whey proteins as a remainder after the cheese making. So what is the ratio of these two types of proteins in raw milk? Elephant! Uh, 60% casein, 40% uh, raw protein. Nice try, but no cigar. Okay, okay. I think I think Tom's team. You can try one time, and if you guys get it wrong, I'll give you guys like a, a choice of three, and we'll see if you guys can try. Day. Okay, sixty forty. The other way around. Nah. 
Okay, okay. So to make Elvin, things... Elvin, wanna try? Elvin, wanna try? Wanna try? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by my calculation, it should be 90-10. Okay, okay. Last, last try, last try. We earn the points, right? No, well, I, I will give you actually multiple choice and then let's see if you guys can... You should be able right. to get it right with the multiple choice. Okay, last try for you guys. 70-30. Oh, no. Wrong. Very, very close, guys. Okay. It's 80-20. So, 80 casein and 20 whey protein. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So, we have zero points for each team. Good try, guys. Okay. Okay. Next question. What is the reason for pasteurizing milk before making powder? Is it A, to obtain the correct WPNI value of the powder? B, to kill pathogens like salmonella and listeria? C, separate the cream from the skimmed milk. And D, to prolong the shelf life. Okay, ready? Go. Okay, okay. D. D, to prolong the shelf life. Yes. Yeah! <laughs> okay, Tom. Of course it's not D. <laughs> Can you repeat the answers? <laughs> okay, you've got uh, three choices now, right? Since D is not correct. A, is it to obtain the correct WPNI value of the powder? B, to kill pathogens like salmonella and listeria. B. B. Or C, separate the cream B. from skim milk. B. Ding, 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 yeah! Very good. Okay, well, we have <laughs> one, point, one point for Dairy Devils. So, uh, the Dairy Devils are leading. Now we go into uh, the Mensa-level questions that uh, Jorgen nominated. Uh, the next few questions are fundamental or uh, related. The next question would be, whole milk powder, Chinese imports, October 2021. Okay? <laughs> no crying, Charles. Name in the correct order going from the most to the least of the top three exporting countries in volumes of whole milk powder into China. Okay, give the multiple choice. Uh... <laughs> okay, give us five countries, five countries. Give us five countries, then we rank. The US, Australia, New Zealand, Uruguay, and the EU. Ah, the EU. EU. Okay, it's not. <laughs> That's Val's creation. New Zealand, Uruguay, Australia. That's your final answer? Yeah. How about Lesmana? I would say Uruguay, US, New Zealand. And the answer is New Zealand, Uruguay, and Australia. <laughs> <laughs> So now we have uh, Dairy Devils with two points yep. and the Singapore Dairy Farmers with zero. <laughs> what? Okay, enough of giving chance already. Lesmana, you got to step up now. Okay. Okay, last few questions. Okay, it says, the US saw a record broken this almost past year, meaning in 2021. So which month saw an all-time record high milk production in the US? <laughs> okay. May. Yes. May. May? May. And how about you want to try? It's between April and May. That's some um we'll do April. Okay, so dairy Singapore dairy farmer says April. Dairy devil the dairy May. devil says May. The answer is May. <laughs> I was gonna say May before I answered May and I was like <laughs> Well you could have also answered oh, no. May and still get one point each. Now we move into the tonnage, right? Like Okay, let's see who is closest to the answer of what was actually produced in that particular 
month of May in 2021 by the US. It's a multiple choice, right, Val? No. Please, <laughs> <laughs> No, but this. No, this bonus point is worth two points, so we have a chance to still. Okay. I'll give you one point if you. In millions of tons, right? The answer is uh, 8.4 million tons. And yours? Do you guys want to try? 8.2. <laughs> well, the closest answer is actually the Singapore Dairy <laughs> The answer is 9.006. I excluded Hawaii. That's why. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, if it includes Hawaii, of course it's 9 million. Mm. So I'll just give you a point. Woo! So like three points to... Back to, from the dead. To, the Dairy Devils and one point to the Singapore Dairy Farmers. Okay, the last question we have here is for SMP EU27. So we all know that Europe had a pretty tight skim milk powder year. So give your estimation, the closest will win, of the 2021 beginning stocks of S&P for EU27 in kilotons. Beginning stocks. Beginning stocks. 2021. The closest will win and uh, we'll get two points for this one. Okay. 62. 62 what? 1,000 tons. Beginning of 2021? 180,000. Okay, yeah, 62 is wrong. 62 is wrong. Okay, any okay, last, last amendments? 40? Hey, no googling. No googling, guys. Go ahead, Val. <laughs> yeah, you, okay, so you're looking at 62 and no, you're no, looking no, no, at no. 108. 62 for the first half of the year. So, uh, if we combine, it's uh, 124. <laughs> 62 times 2. <laughs> 124 and... 180. 180, sure. Uh, the answer is actually 84. Two uh, points. Yeah. So, but the average. Sorry. We started with eighty-four thousand tons. Yes, according to Jorgen, <laughs> we started. No, but this year we increased consumption with about thirty globally. So, if we end now with forty fifty, it makes sense that we started with eighty. Yeah. When he said one eighty, then I thought, okay, maybe he was right because, like, we saw a massive, massive reduction. Yeah. So I guess uh, overall, was it a tie? You guys got two points, right? Two point. Three. We got two, two points from the from the bonus point and a point from this. Three three. Okay. So tie. Claiming two points because you were only what was it, like six million tons off or something. Like that. Okay, so I guess guys, it's a tie. Uh, we are equally inept with the. Day. <laughs> with the dairy, with the dairy fundamentals, and uh, was a good fun. Uh, these questions are not easy. I, I did tell them to spare no one. So congratulations, guys! I guess we still have a lot more to learn in twenty twenty two as a team. So yeah, I think that's a wrap uh, for today's episode. I think it was fun, guys. Um, looking forward to more episodes in twenty twenty two. This would be our last episode for twenty twenty one. So here's wishing everybody listening in a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Um, let's hope for COVID to be over and done with and we get back to our normal lives. And uh, yeah, any wishes for the new year, guys? That we can travel again. That's my big wish. Merry, Merry Christmas and all the best for 2022. And let's make it an unforgettable one uh, and hope to see you guys uh, uh, somewhere in the world. Okay, thanks. Um, so this is Hogwarts Dairy Essential 
Asia Pacific's A team signing off. Uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Over and out, guys. Bye. Christmas is you.